0: Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Crowley. Welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Brain, the podcast where we talk about all things aesthetics. Today, we're gonna talk about non-surgical facial sculpting options. I'm here today with my husband and co-host, Jerry Drinkard. Hi, I'm Jerry Drinkard.
1: I'm a family nurse practitioner, and together, Chris and I own Skin & Tonic, a med spa located here in Pace, Florida. And I think today's topic is probably one of the most common things that we're asked at the clinic
0: because not everyone's ready for surgery, don't you think? Yeah, I think we deal with this quite often. And so people want to know what options we have available that are non-surgical, whether it's injectables or some sort of energy-based device, even things like PDO threads, things that we can do to kind of stave off uh, having to have a surgical intervention. Yeah,
1: I think people are are now looking for non-surgical options more so than they did in the past because people are starting to do things younger. 20 years ago, I think it was mostly people our mom's age that were looking for something specific. And now we have people in their 20s or 30s that are wanting to change the angle of the cheek a little or add a a little chin just to get a little more contour. And probably part of that's just based off of our social media apps because people see we're changing some of these angles slightly can really change your appearance and like augmenting certain features can just make you overall more pleasant to look at
0: mm-hmm. There's more awareness now but I also think uh, you know in addition to everything you just uh, mentioned that we have better injectable options now so I think that we have a lot of really good options now that we can use to augment certain uh, features or minimize other features that uh, really that we used to only would be able to do through surgical options.
1: I remember when we started this, our injectable options were very limited. I mean, we've been at it for a long time now and things have changed a lot because when we first started this, which has been several years ago now, we only had basically two options. I'm sure there may have been something else on the market, but now with all the fillers out there, there's probably close to 20 options that we have
0: yeah and so in addition to the hyaluronic acid fillers that really kind of exploded over the last decade and you know internationally there's even more available than what we have just in the u.s but we also have the non-ha fillers, so our sculpture and radius and now our uh, pdo threads we're using that a lot in addition to all the energy-based devices so we we do have quite a a large number of options now that we can kind of change things non-invasively now i think that being said Um, you know, one of our future episodes and hopefully we'll be able to get one of the surgeons here with us. Uh, I think it's appropriate to know when surgery is the, the right route because we can't do everything through injections, and so although the topic of this podcast is on uh, non-surgical options that we're going to focus on, it's important to pick a provider that's realistic with their expectations and and uh, with you and your expectations, so that you're on the same page. I guess we can just start and kind of go through the topics and different things that we have to to offer patients, and so. I know you guys get tired of hearing it but sculpture is my favorite product. <laughs> we'll start with sculpture as being, you know, one of the the options that we have for our non-surgical uh, rejuvenation. So do you uh do you just want to tell the, the audience what uh, sculpture is?
1: Yeah, so sculpture it comes to us as in a powder form it is polyolactic acid and um, it comes to us as a powder form. Previously, we've always had to premix the product, but just more recently there has been a um, FDA approval for same day um, preparation and use, but um, it, comes to us as a powder, as I said, is reconstituted in the office, rehydrated in the office. It works like nothing else for collagen stimulation. It's almost like an age reversal process. I think that you've said on every single podcast we've done (laughs) up to this point, that if you were stranded on an island, you want sculpture with you. But it's just probably the it is the most impressive, hands down, injectable collagen stimulating agent on the market.
0: Yes, I think one of the things that we're seeing a lot of now is uh, kind of a trend away from a lot of the overfilled faces, overfilled cheeks, overfilled lips. Uh, that that we've seen over the past you know five to seven years and uh, there's even clinics you know that are are focusing primarily on dissolving some of these ha fillers and so with sculpture it gives us a chance it's in my opinion pretty hard to overdo with sculpture because it is a collagen uh, biostimulator so it's going to dissolve and promote you to develop your own collagen so as long as your provider is you know doing this in a safe manner um they're not going to really overdo you and so you're going to find that you get a much more natural result you're going to have a, a more of a natural glow um, to your skin it's going to have firmness uh, smoothness and those results are lasting uh, two years or more in patients so you're not having to redo this as frequently as we did with some of the uh, hyaluronic acid fillers for anyone that's looking up sculpture that's not not
1: aware of it it's, it's been around for 20 years or so but just not used quite like what we're doing today It was... um developed for, during the, the AIDS pandemic and was helped, used to help treat lipoatrophy and facial wasting for these patients. And unfortunately, it was diluted a lot differently then than what we're doing now and ended up with some granulomas and some side effects that weren't necessarily pleasant. And so people really got afraid of, of using it. But over the course of just the time that we've been using it even, the dilutions have changed and the results we're getting are much nicer non- nicer nicer, much less frequency of granulomas and nodules. So I think that it's it's really kind of coming into its own. And like you said, we have a whole new generation now of people that are looking for injectables that don't want to be overfilled.
0: And I think that, uh, you know, the reason I picked this first and that we uh, really kind of wanted to uh, talk about sculpture is you mentioned the patient starting earlier. And so we are getting people in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And we know that collagen loss starts at that age. We know that as you get older, you uh, continue to lose collagen, and so using some of these biostimulant treatments to help you maintain your youthful appearance, rather than trying to correct that uh, through a, you know aggressive injections or surgery as you get older, I think is so- something that we're seeing a lot more of now as well. And so this is a, a treatment or an a injectable option for those patients in there, uh, you know, maybe late 20s, early 30s, uh, y- you know, really for all decades that we can see use of this product to kind of maintain their look rather than trying to uh, fix it when they've already had a lot of volume loss.
1: Do you wanna talk a little about with sculpture, just the areas that it's most commonly used in?
0: Yeah, so we use sculpture really all over the body. So it's studies and its approval are for facial areas. And so we can use this in, um, you know, the cheeks, the jawline, the mid face for kind of crepey skin. We don't use it in areas that are really uh, covered with a a thin skin or a lot of muscle movement. So in the lips and the tear trough region, those are areas that we would not use uh, sculpture, that we use our softer, you know, uh, fillers. Um, But like personally, I don't really like to use it in the neck a lot. I worry about it kind of clumping together and causing some nodules there, but we can use it all over the body. Uh, I think most commonly we use it in the face. And so uh, pretty much we can use it throughout the the entire face, depending on where the individual has uh, problem areas that we need to focus on correcting. And wasting
1: in the face, I think, um, I think one of the areas that's commonly kind of neglected and forgotten or forgotten by patients more so than injectors because injectors are better trained than they have been in years is temporal temples and temporal wasting. And I, um, I see it in the clinic a lot that patients don't recognize temples as being something that ages on And sculpture is really pretty in that area to give you like a very natural youthful temple.
0: Yeah, certainly. Now, um, another biostimulant that, that we have and we've also used for a number of years is uh, Radius. And so that's made by another company and that is a, a calcium-based product. So it's calcium hydroxyl apatite. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, that's nice about this particular product is that it does have a gel-like filler that this calcium product is mixed with. So you will get an immediate uh, look, so you'll see some uh, immediate result from the filler. That gel is absorbed over the you know first couple of months after it's injected, and then the calcium-based particles, the calcium hydroxylaposide, is left behind for collagen to grow on. And so you're going to get a good year, year and a half out of the Radius. Um, where do you like to use Radius?
1: I use a fair amount of Radius and I use it for different things and I use it in different ways in the face. So it's commonly used, um, developed to to me to primarily be used on bone and so in an undiluted fashion I use it directly on bone and probably the most common area would be the jawline. In diluted fashion I do a lot of neck treatments with Radius. Um, I think it's really pretty in the neck and um, we've had some really cool results.
0: Yeah, it's also something that, um, you know, has an on-label approved use for hands. And as we talk about, you know, hand rejuvenation, it's something that we can use there. So for the face in particular, um, I agree. Like, I use it, um, you know, most often on the bone. So if we're reconstructing something like, a, you know, mid-face or cheeks and we really want to make them pop or a jawline, I think it's a pretty product in those areas and it will give you kind of that instant uh, lift that, that we want. Now, we can also use, so those are, are biostimulants. So that's gonna kind of depend on our body. Some of the downsides are we don't have a, a way to immediately reverse those products um, if we have any kind of uh, side effects from them. So some people are scared because of that. In general, the uh, risk of reactions is pretty uh, low and if they're uh, injected by trained providers, your risk of side effects is pretty low. But there are patients who really like the safety of knowing that if I don't like this, I can get it dissolved. And that's kind of when we go into our class of hyaluronic acid fillers. And
1: also just to back up a little with the biostimulants is um, some patients that we don't wanna use those in are like our patients that have some sort of active autoimmune um, that's going on. And so we just try to avoid anything that would cause any type of excessive inflammatory process. And so, and that's, that's really the only contraindication that, that we see in those, in those patients.
0: So we talk about, um, I mentioned earlier that the hyaluronic acid fillers can be used in areas that we kind of want uh, maybe a, a softer look or not a, a nodule or bump that we would see. And so they're good for things like, pretty much all over the face we have approvals, but it's specifically what we use in lips and tear troughs. There are so many on the market now that patients and providers, I think, have a lot of trouble deciding, you know, what should I buy to put in my clinic? What fillers should I offer to the patients? And the patients, they don't, also don't know. They're like, do I, you know, need contour? Do I need lift? Do I need define? So um, how do you uh, deal with your patients? How do you educate them on the appropriate filler? Well,
1: I think we have a a really educated and miseducated or educated and misinformed, maybe patient based now because it's so accessible on social media. Mm -hmm. And I think um, clinics as well as the manufacturers of these products have been really smart about using social media for marketing. And so, um, you know, probably five years ago, I don't know that we would have had patients coming in and asking for kiss by (laughs) name or contour by name where now we have patients come in and specifically ask for a particular filler by name. But um, fortunately for all of us as injectors, we have a plethora of injectables now to choose from, and they're smart. It's like, like we have smart filler. And so, you know, these fillers are specifically designed for certain areas. So we have Kiss that was specifically designed for lips. And we have Contour that's specifically zi- designed for, like, cheeks and soft tissue. And, you know, you have Radius that's specifically designed for own bone use. And we, ha- we use these things in other areas. But I think it's based on you have to know what product, what it's designed for, and what's it going to do when you put it in that area. You know, is it a Vicross technology? or how is that gonna respond to a tissue when you put it in that area? And so the, these are, that's what I look at when I'm trying to decide what
0: what product I want to pull off the shelf to use on that patient. How do you? Yeah, I mean, I think all those are really good points. And so I think it's specifically about the hyaluronic acid fillers. Um, I try to you know tell the patients that just because they saw something on social media, that it was a certain result that we need to talk about what their goals are, if they're realistic, and if we can accomplish that with what we have. So the fillers, the the hyaluronic acid fillers, they're gels. And basically the way they're manufactured, some of them are thick gels, some of them are thin gels. And so depending on what we're trying to do, I um, guide the patient and say, if we're trying to mimic something that's like bone or something that's firm, I'm gonna pick a gel that is a thicker gel that has a quality to it that's not going to stretch or compress easily. But if I want it uh, to put a product in an area that's going to be uh, really, you know, maybe. Fairly superficial, like in some of the like cheek lines or smokers lines around the lips. Maybe I'm going to pick a product that's really thin and smooth and more, uh, you know, liquid, so they're not going to see that thick, firm product. And so I don't think patients really understand the difference. They just see a result and they see a name of a product and they ask. So, you know, th- there are um, several major manufacturers and the. Uh, US that distribute fillers and I think depending on you know your provider and what they brought into their practice they should be able to talk to you about that line of fillers but those are the general properties that I kind of look for to see what would be best for a particular area. I think it's really important that you work with an injector that can guide you through that process, rather than uh, having the patients uh, make that decision just based on uh, photos that they've seen. Because you know, it may not—they may not fully understand some of the risk, and you know, we we see this where they put an inappropriate filler in uh, areas that it's not meant for. So they put a really thick filler you know in in an area like under your eyes and then we end up seeing lumps or swelling or bluish discoloration because it wasn't injected at the right depth and so i think all of those are considerations to you know make sure as an injector that you are matching the product to the area the patient wants corrected and as a patient that you're trusting your injector and that you know you're going to someone that's well trained and can guide you through that process
1: yeah it's it's really unfortunate some of the complications that we've seen and are currently treating where fillers, um, great fillers were just placed in the wrong plane or placed in the wrong areas. And unfortunately, all of these aren't easily reversed or dissolved. And so be sure that your injector knows the material that they're injecting, the right area to be injected. So None of us are offended when people ask us about our training, so I don't, I don't want patients to think that it's not a question you can't ask. No,
0: feel free to ask, like we encourage it. And in fact, your, your injector should be pretty transparent about that. So uh, let's talk about some other fun things that we have in the uh, clinic and that, you know, there's a lot of things available uh, now that's not injectables that really give you good results. And so some of the energy-based devices. What's your favorite energy device that we have? So
1: my favorite energy device that we have right now and <laughs> this changes yeah this changes the Neogen Plasma is probably my currently my favorite and has has been like kind of leading the pack for the past year and a half or so that we've had it. Um, the Neogen Plasma, it's, it's not a light-based device. It's a plasma-based energy that's placed into the skin, and it gives you some firming, some lifting. It does a really nice job of evening skin tones and tightening pores, and you can get a slight brow lift from it. You can treat eyelids. You can treat all sorts of areas that are really fun to treat and you get like some pretty phenomenal results we've talked before about it like I get excited talking about it because like when we were they were trying to sell us the device i actually thought that their photos were photoshopped
0: yeah we, we talked about- and, and <laughs> both of us
1: thought that. Yeah, and now I, I look at some of ours, and a lot of a lot of our before and afters, even, are where patients will send in like their, you know, their own photos because they're so happy with results, and you're like, damn, did they Photoshop this? <laughs> and so it's pretty cool that even some of our own treatments now look like they've been Photoshopped. So I would say that that was that is probably my um, my leading favorite right now. Um, but I don't think it's the leading collagen stimulator. I think that the leading collagen stimulator d- device that we have right now is still Ulthera. Hmm.
0: Interesting, because we do have Althea, but I would say that as my least favorite device that we have now. I love the treatments personally, and in fact, I'm, I'm you know trying to get in with our uh, nurse Allison to get it uh, get mine done again soon. But I really just think the results are too unpredictable with that. And we don't have great results on the surface of the skin. So I think that we can get some nice lifting with the Ulthera, but I don't think we get the skin results that that I see with the uh, Neogen, and so uh, you know that's an area that that um, I don't agree with you on. Now people well, just, love that uh, when we don't agree on uh, something. I think that <laughs> I think
1: that they just treat it different layers, and so I, I think that the I don't think that there's anything that's on the market that I'm aware of here that's available for us that's on the market that can stimulate at the same level that the air can.
0: I think probably a really so cool maybe, treatment. Are you, are you saying you think it's the best for lifting? For lifting. For lifting, not for collagen stimulation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for for lifting and for lifting based on the, at the level that it's, it's doing the muscle tightening. And so it would be a really cool treatment to pair together. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason you don't like the treatment as well is because it's pretty tedious. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, to perform the Ulthera is fairly a tedious procedure. You're right. No, I was thinking strictly about collagen stimulation, collagen formation, and I'm thinking more in the more superficial layers of skin, not referring to the, so Ulthera is an ultrasound-based energy, and it, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's two ultrasound beams that will cross at a certain depth, and we can really aim that Uh, you know, a a particular area. So we use an ultrasound to look and to evaluate what's under the skin and we deliver the energy really precisely to the areas that we wanna create a lift. And so I think it does a great job of that. But then whereas, you know, other devices are gonna be stimulating collagen at different levels. So we're able to hit those fibroblasts and really uh, create collagen. So I do think that it's a great treatment to combine together. Actually, I've had both of them and uh, you know, we haven't done them at the same time in the same day, we space them apart, but, um, I think they're both good for different reasons. Um, another device I really want to talk about that I've enjoyed, uh, you know, the results of, and I think our patients are really loving it is, uh, frequency microneedling. So we have the pixel eight is what we use in our practice by roar. And it's a, a really good, it's a microneedling device that delivers heat at a specific depth and that heat will help, uh, stimulate collagen and create some lifting. Yeah. Um, I think the, the
1: radio frequency microneedle. I, I tend to forget about some of the devices we have. Even yeah, we have a lot of devices. Even if we use them in, uh, all a lot, but it's one of the most requested devices, actually, is the, is the radio frequency microneedling. And people love the re- results they get from it. They see results after their very first treatment. We do them in series of threes. Um, and by the third treatment, they have so much tightening. The surface of their skin looks great. They have a phenomenal glow and they just feel good. It works great for acne scarring, which is some, one of the things that's pretty difficult to treat as well. I think the radio frequency microneedling is probably leader of the pack when it comes
0: to that. Yeah, we did one on you uh, not too long ago, a few months ago, we did that and combined it with a CO2, a very light CO2 immediately afterwards. And you probably got more comments on your, your skin. We uh, traveled to teach it. Um, a conference right after that, and you probably got more comments on your skin than you've got with any other treatment that we've done. Well, my skin is is
1: all it's been a battle my, my whole life, and I battled still like old acne scarring and enlarged pores, and especially in like my problem areas. And after that treatment, it was it was almost like completely smooth. So um, it's one of those things that is like it it ranks up there in the top two.
0: So we've talked about a lot of options. So when a patients come in and, and they want to get an evaluation and we talk about all these injectables and obviously um, we have a lot of different devices that we, we just discussed a handful that we have in our office alone. How do you guide them on what is the best uh, treatment option for them? What are a few factors that you consider when developing that plan?
1: So my my treatment treatment plan starts out by Number one, I wanna know the patient's goal. Number two, I, I need to know like, what is the timeline? Are we trying to do something that's correction over a period of time? Or do we have a wedding that's coming up in two or three months? And so if that's the case, then that certainly changes the the trajectory as to what we're gonna do for contouring or changing. So patient's goal, the timeline, patient's budget comes into play with that as well. Um, some of these uh, treatments you see immediate results with some of the treatments it's like sculpture that's a phenomenal result it takes a little time one of the things that we didn't mention and I'm kind of surprised because I know it's one of your favorites is threads you know where you do see like an immediate result and you can get some phenomenal contouring with that I think the consultation process is huge we really should do a Whole podcast on consultation. The consultation process is huge in development of a patient's treatment plan and the patient's dedication to that plan. Do they plan to come once a month, once a week, every other month? And so, um, so I th-
0: that's where I start. Yeah I think all those are good points and I'm, I'm with you there. We got sidetracked on devices and I forgot to mention the threads altogether. but that is one of uh, you know my favorite treatments and so not only do we do it a fair amount in the practice you know I uh, teach uh, a lot of thread classes. I teach with uh, Empire Medical and we we I work with the Alari thread brand and they have some great products out there that we can really uh, get some immediate results with. And so we use the smaller threads for collagen stimulation and that takes a while to develop, but we have uh, threads with little uh, barbs on them that we can really reposition that tissue and uh, get an almost immediate result. And so with the threads, they are like any other treatments. We do have to kind of maintain those. We have to repeat them at, um, you know, uh, intervals. It's not a permanent thing, but it's a really great option. So for me, I consider all the things that you just mentioned and the patients, um, you know, what they're expecting in terms of downtime as well, because some of these treatments are great, but they may not have the recovery time needed to go through an aggressive laser. It may be the wrong time of year for them to go through um, a laser like that if they can't be out of the sun. So, uh, but pretty much everything else, i you know, I'm gonna echo what you said. Those are all the things that, that um, I consider budget, uh, downtime, expected results. And uh, uh, you know what? What they're going to be willing to go through. Well, I I think that is a broad range of things for non-surgical face options. Uh, Clearly there are a lot of things out there on the market. We offer a lot of things at Skin & Tonic here in uh, Pace, Florida. So uh, go check us out, go look at our treatment options on our website at skinandtonic.pro and keep sending in your suggestions for podcast topics because all of our shows are directly from what you guys are requesting. Thanks for tuning in this week and we look forward to seeing you on another episode of Beauty in the Brain next week.
1: See you soon. Thank you.